Well, church, it is a real treat for us. Uh, Pastor Sean and Jane Foster have been longtime friends of Danielle and I. So uh, if you've never heard Pastor Sean, you're going to love hearing him this morning. Uh, these guys have got an awesome testimony. Uh, that Sean was in the Navy, a absolute rat bag, and God radically saved him in Darwin about 30-something years ago. Jane also has her own story of rat bagness, and she got saved. Uh, how, how many years ago, guys? 40 years ago, there we go. And their lives turned around. They, they uh, actually uh, pastored a C3 church in Coffs Harbour uh, for many years. A really great church, uh, broke through uh, many, many, many sort of obstacles or ceilings in church life in Coffs Harbour. They became the regional directors for C3 for that area. Uh, we, we served together when we were the Queensland area directors for C3 and Sean and Jane were the New South Wales guys. So we would meet together every year. Uh, in our first, particularly four or so, five years of leading this church when we were uh, insecure and really scared about what the heck we, we were doing and trying to work it out. There's a number of times that they came and Sean really preached, put courage in us, spoke into the culture of our church. And uh, we've been friends for a long time. They finished up doing their church. Sean went back to the Navy, is now a chaplain in the Navy and serving in Darwin up there as well as part of C3 Darwin and location pastors for a new church plant. So you just never retire. You just keep getting new roles and new opportunities. And these guys are great friends with Brendan and Kathy Clancy, of course. And so they're they in town for a few days. And Sean said, would you like me to preach? I said, absolutely. We would love you to preach. So why don't you stand to your feet and we welcome the man of God, Pastor Sean Pastor. Come on. Good morning, everybody. C3 Powerhouse, grab your seats this morning. Thank you so much, John, for that great introduction. It's great to be back here again with some old friends and people uh, we know really well, like Russell and Marita and many others. I remember first preaching here, it must have been 20 years ago, but it wasn't here. It was in some green, little green building somewhere. Does anyone else remember that? So it's great to be here. Great to be online with whoever's online watching. Welcome as well this morning. And John and Danielle being great friends to Jane and I. I think one of the greatest uh, things you can say about a person is that they've been faithful friends. And I remember Simon McIntyre saying many years ago that uh, relationships or friendships with longevity has great reward. And that's what we're experiencing these days. Thank you, Ben. Do I need to do that or do they stay? Alrighty, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. It's the Word of God that saves us, heals us, speaks to us, gives us wisdom and direction and correction. And so, Father, this morning we submit our hearts and lives to your Word. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. James, in chapter 3, verse 2 to 4, he says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. Hello? For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Really? Do you believe this? I struggle with this. Like, this is a pretty big statement. He goes on to say, verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. This morning, I want to talk to you about... Taming my tongue. 
On the count of three, everybody say it. One, two, three. So obedient around here. I love it. James says three incredible things here about taming our tongue. And uh, the first one is, number one, my tongue determines the direction of my life. And so the example of a bit and a rudder. I'm pretty uh, familiar with both bits and rudders. I spent my life, childhood and teenage years growing up in a harness racing family, the Red Hots, the Trots, and I have spent hundreds of hours doing thousands of kilometres on the back of a sulky jogging up horses. I ran away to join the Navy to escape it. But I understand the power of a small bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship being in the Navy. And we also know the little example of a ship, if it's slightly off course, when it sets off on a journey, that when it finally gets to that destination, it won't reach its actual destination. Being a little bit off course when you're heading somewhere, go the journey, go the distance, and by the time you get there, you're a long way off course. And so this morning, I'm hoping just to deliver something to you that might help each one of us get back on course for this year ahead of us. What I found in life is that what we continually say into a room full of people, what we continually say into our relationships, into our family, into our workplace, what we continually say over our life is incredibly powerful. It's the things we continually say, it's like it gets ingrained into the atmosphere. Now, I'm not talking about one-off little jokes or some little statement you make or, you know, Sometimes we say and slip ups and say silly little things and people laugh and, you know, we get over it. But we all have had relationships where there's that one person and, man, they just go on and on and on and on. And it's like behind the back, you go, shut up, shut up, but they will shut up. And it's like, and the relationship goes off course. Or there's always an Uncle Arthur in our family. And maybe you had Uncle Arthur at Christmas. Apologies if there's any Arthurs in the room. I think a few weeks ago it was Bill. I listened online. (laughs) But, uh, you know, do we have to invite Uncle Arthur again? He always goes on and on. You have to invite Uncle Arthur. Yes, you do. And Uncle Arthur turns up and it starts going okay and the party's doing really well. But all of a sudden, Uncle Arthur, he's going on and on and on and the whole dinner party goes off course. Or it might be in your workplace. You're a team leader at work and there's this new team member at work and they've just started and you notice they're a little bit negative, they're a little bit gossipy and you're trying to correct them, you're trying to keep them on course, but they just keep going on and on with their negativity and their gossipy and then all of a sudden the atmosphere at work goes off course. And even as a parent, the things we continually say over our children is so important. And you know, it's not just the words, it can be... The sigh of disappointment. Or the one I'm guilty of often is just the roll of the eyes, which says so much. Or the anger of frustration that just spills over into our relationships. 
Verse three and four again, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds winds are strong. What I found, a little secret as we kick off this year, is get your words going in the direction you wanna go. Get your words speaking and saying and declaring going in the direction that you wanna go this year. You know, I've, I've found words, words in my life, I find they're like an invitation, like an open door. It's like what I'm saying, the words I'm using, it's like, here boy, here boy, come on, come on. It's like you're calling it into your house, into your life by the words that we're speaking. James goes on to verse five and six. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest of fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Don't you love the words he uses? So descriptive. He'd be good at parties, I reckon, James. And a good joke teller. Anyway, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your whole entire body. The tongue, it can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. My goodness. I'm great at bedtime stories too. My kids love them. My kids are in their 30s and they still wanted Peter Rabbit last week. Anyway, moving right along. Point number two. My tongue can build up or burn down. The power of Chinese whispers. I don't know what the Chinese ever did, but anyway, apparently it was a lot. And there's Chinese whispers. We know that saying. It's, it, and all of a sudden, it, it, it's, like a, it, it's like a pinball wizard. It's like a ricochet. It, it's like all of a sudden something said, and bing, bing, phone call, this, that. It's on Facebook. All of a sudden it started in Canberra. It's in Kansas. It's now in Darwin. It's like it can, the words we say, they can just bounce around like a chain reaction. Proverbs 18.21, again, says it's incredible. Scripture, it says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And you might, might be sitting there this morning saying, what? Come on, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. But we've all seen it. Friendships die because of things that are said. Marriages end because of words that are spoken. Dreams are killed in people's lives because of words that are spoken. Hope is destroyed because of the power of words. Verse seven, James goes on, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Have you ever even just tried catching it? It's a slippery little sucker, isn't it? It's like, uh, well, but how about when you bite the thing? I mean. You think someone's just stabbed you with a knife in your heart, don't you? You bite your tongue. Gosh. Anyway, nine. Sometimes our tongue, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. I only do that when I'm driving. Verse 10. And so blessing and cursing comes pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, 
and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Point number three this morning is that my tongue, my words, they actually display my character, who I really am. Who am I when no one's looking or, you know, who am I? What, when I'm under pressure, who here comes from a long line of overreactors? Jane, my wife does. You should see her when under, <laughs> under pressure, lots. Honestly, long. <laughs> but it's, it's an age-old example, I know, but I love it. It's like, you know, when you're squeezed, what comes out? Lemon juice or lemonade? And what's the difference between lemon juice and lemonade? Not, not a lot, just a little bit of sugar. We need to put a bit of sugar in our life and in our words, in our attitudes and things you say about your wife. Put a bit, put a bit of sugar in there. When you squeeze what comes out. I read a great tweet actually yesterday. It said, knowledge is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing when to say it. Or even if, if you even say it at all. Haven't we got into trouble doing that? It's like, I know, I just wait till I tell them I'm waiting for that opportunity. It's like, all right, all right. you're just waiting for that opportunity for them to stuff up so you can give it to them or whatever, to just give them a piece of your mind. My goodness, I don't have any mind left. But, and then dude, it's like, yes, you were 100% right. What I said was is correct, but did it build up or did it tear down? Did it burn the friendship? Over the years, I start to realise I was really good at winning arguments but losing friends. And guess who loses in the end? Proverbs 6 verse 2, it says, we are snared by the words of our mouth. I reckon as we kick off this year, we could be propelled into the year or we're going to be snared by the words of our mouth. Let's propel ourselves with what's coming out of our mouths. So how do we tame this little sucker? How do we do it? A couple of ideas. How, how can we tame this sucker to get, get back on course this year? Maybe we are a little bit off course. Tony, you doing this? this little signal? <laughs> this means zip it. She, I reckon she was doing this, zip it. We had a great moment the other week. We were driving along. I don't know what's going on. Jane was going on and on and on. Do you know, how this? And I was preaching in church. I'll share it with you because our church loved it. And we're driving along. And, you know, Jane and I have a wonderful relationship. We've been married for 36 years. I remember Jane, Jane tells me things. It takes about 35 sentences to sell it. To tell me a one-sentence thing. Anyway... Okay, moving right along. I gotta tame his tongue, you see. Here's my point. First Corinthians 14 verse 3. No, my point is. Seek for ways to encourage and build up others. See now, at the moment I'm totally off course with Jane. This is the point of the message. You've got to get back on course. But seek for ways. I love the way this is put. Seek for ways to encourage others. First Corinthians 14 says it like this, but one who prophesies 
strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. And so this is what prophecy does. And when we read this, it's fantastic because we think, hey, this, we might, may not all be prophets, but we can actually prophesy into our destiny in our future. If we are using words that edify, comfort, exhort others, strengthen others, we can begin to live prophetically, speaking into other people's lives. How do we tame this little sucker? How do we tame this tongue? Number one is seek for ways to encourage and build up others. Number two is I need to guard my heart and my mouth. There's some, so many scriptures, it amazes me, that connects the heart and the mouth together. Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. I often stop when I read the Bible and read things like that because I kind of go, is this for real? Like, above all else, like, is this the most important thing? It's like, really, don't you think that's challenging? Yeah. Trying to work out these priorities in our life. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do, do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. That's huge. Psalm 141 verse three says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Incredible word pictures, isn't it? The way we need to, just times, shut up. And or if you've got to speak, speak the edifying, comfort, exhorting, strengthening. Luke 6 verse 45 says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The heart and the mouth connected again. And so, guarding our heart, you know, there's obvious things in life, in our world, we need to guard our heart, it might be you know, horror movies or something like that. It might be all the traps that are on the internet. Yeah, we've got to be people that guard our heart. It, it might be toxic police people or toxic places where we, we need to be people who guard our heart. But you know what I found to be the most dangerous area? What I found in life where I have to guard my heart the most and be the most diligent. It's past experiences and past failures because they're meant to be in the past, but they don't like being in the past. They like to speak as well and be dragged into the present. And so, just as we have this physical mouth and physical tongue, in our self-talk, so often there's a voice, there's a tongue in our self-talk that has to be tamed because, and particularly this time of year when we're thinking about the year ahead and goals and dreams and visions. But so often I've gone to step out and do something brand new, but past failures, it's like they're screaming at me. 
or it might be that you've dreamt of doing something incredible. You've always had this dream, but past disappointments just won't shut up. This inner voice, this self-talk, it's past, but it's trying to continually drag itself back into the future, the present. It could be old addictions that are still intimidating that. It's intimidating you. I found that in my own life. It's like old addictions, still trying to raise their ugly head, trying to lord over you and speak to you and say, you're this, you're that, you're hopeless, you're weak, or... It might be past relationships that are still breaking your heart. It can be past sexual experiences. They might have been 10 or 20, 30, 40 years ago, but they're still bringing shame because they're still trying to speak into your life today. It can be a belittling voice from a parent, a teacher, a partner. Or it can be fears, anxieties, worries that just won't shut up. Luke 6.45, again, it says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For those of us that are Christians here this morning, you know what we've got in abundance in our heart? Is grace. Is God's grace. And I found that for many of us, we are so generous in giving that grace to others in bucketfuls. And we give so much grace to others. And so often we are so stingy and so harsh with that grace towards ourselves. We'll see somebody, they've done something wrong, something silly, whatever it might be, they're wallowing in disappointment or self-pity or regret. We'll go up to them and be like, shh, shh, shh. It's, it's okay. It's all right. It's gonna be okay. Come on, get happy. Come with me. We'll be. And we, we're so good at encouraging others and giving that grace to others and so often we're so stingy with it with that same grace. We need to be people who know how to silence that voice of the past. And we silence it with grace. That same grace that we would give others when we find that wild, untamed tongue of self-talk trying to relive things of the past, trying to accuse us of things that might have happened 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. We've got to use, declare that same grace and say, may not be as gentle as, shh. I find in my life I've got to say, shut up in Jesus' name. Because things come back and try and take control. But in the same way as we give it to us, it's going to be okay. It's all good. God loves you. Come on, put a smile on your doll. We've got to do exactly the same thing to ourselves. Particularly as we're launching off in this year ahead. And learn how to silence that voice. Silence that tongue of the past and just be able to say, come on, Sean, you can do it. Just like King David did, encouraging himself in the Lord. 
Let's live without shame as we launch off in 2023. I absolutely believe that each one of us needs to come to a place where we just laugh at the past. Laugh at the past. And I'm not trying to minimise hurt, pain or anything wicked from the past, but the point is, we're here today, right now, in church. God loves you. It's the beginning of a brand new year. You've got this incredible community of support around you. You've got the power of God, the power of prayer, the Holy Spirit, dreams and visions before you. My goodness. Let's just laugh at the past every time it tries to raise its ugly head. And as we begin 2023, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't yet begun your journey with God. What a fantastic time to be able to do this. And I'm sure if you're here this morning, you're not really a Christian. I'm sure there's many of the things that I've shared about that you'd be able to really identify with. And in this world that we're living in, in the, this world of the last two or three years of craziness, I think the last thing I would want to be doing as we begin 2023 is beginning this journey into the year without God on my side. When we can walk with Jesus, we could walk with the power of prayer, walk in the power of the Word of God. So why don't we just close our eyes here this morning as I'd love to pray with you. Just while every eye is closed, maybe you're here this morning and as I said, maybe you're not really a Christian. Maybe you're here because a friend's brought you. Maybe you're here because you've been searching. Maybe you've been coming for it a few times and asking questions. And maybe today you really understand it for the first time. That God loves you. He knows you. It might sound corny, but He really does have an incredible plan for your life. And the guilt and the shame, disappointments, all those things that want to hold us back. That's why Jesus died upon that cross. The Bible says if you receive Him, if you receive Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, that God, our Heavenly Father, will receive you in heaven. Maybe that's you this morning. You've never really given your life to Jesus. What a fantastic time to do it as we launch into 2023. I want to give you that opportunity right now. I'm going to just pray a very simple prayer. A prayer of dedication, of giving our life to Christ, of making Jesus the Lord of my life saying, God, I want to walk into 2023, walking with you, God, walking with Jesus. If that's you this morning, I just want to ask you to lift your hand wherever you're seated, just while every eye's closed. Thank you very much. Lovely lady in the middle there. Thank you. 
Gentlemen over the side, well done, buddy. That's fantastic. Is there anyone else this morning? You say, Sean, yeah, please pray for me. I, I want to do this. I need to do this. Thank you, sir. Hand up on the side. Another hand at the back. Thank you very much. If you've raised your hand, you can put it down now. And just while every eye's closed, maybe, maybe you are a Christian, but you'd say, Sean, I'm off track. I need to get back on track. I need to recommit my life to Jesus. Again, what a day for it. January 1, begin the year, totally right with God. Is that anyone this morning who say, Sean, I need to recommit? It might be one time Jesus was priority one and for whatever reasons, and I, I know how it happens. Thank you, sir. It's, it's like Jesus right now, it's like he's been priority 10, priority 20. I still believe, I still, but I need to make Jesus Lord again of my life. Is that anyone else this morning? Thank you, Lord. Let's all pray this together. Father God, I give you thanks that Jesus died for me. His sacrifice upon that cross, He paid the price for my sin every wrong I've ever done. I thank you, Father. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm washed white as snow. I'm born again. And Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you and serve you and love you every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give it up for those people that raised their hand. If you did raise your hand, I'd love to meet you down the front straight after the service. I'd love to pray with you. Why don't we all stand this morning and I do want to open up the altar, the front of the church here. If there's anything this morning that has rung true with you, maybe it's something that you've struggled with, maybe something that you've identified with, I would love to pray with you this morning. I'm sure the prayer team would love to come and pray with you this morning. And we just want to open up the altar, the front here, as we just we'll do that. We're not singing. We're not doing anything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Here they come. Let's, let me pray for you. Father, I give you thanks, Lord, for every person here this morning. Father, as we begin 2023, Father, I thank you for the power of your Word to renew our mind. I thank you, Father, for the power of the Word of God to give us dreams and visions for our future, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for the power of your Word to strengthen us together. Father, I pray for every person, every family, every marriage, Lord, bring strength and comfort and wisdom and direction as we begin 2023 together. 
And Father, I thank You, Lord God, that we can be people who stand strong in Your Word and in prayer and in Your Spirit, Lord God. And we stand and we laugh at the past. Whatever that may look like, the good, the bad, the ugly, Father God, I give You thanks that You are propelling us into 2023 with the words we speak, with the things that we declare. We thank You, Father. If God be for us, who can be against us? Thank You, Father. In fact, everyone say that. If God be for me, who can be against me? Thank You, Father. Everything I lay my hands to prospers. Thank You, Father. I'm the head and not the tail. Thank You, Father, I'm above, not beneath. Thank You, Father, You know me. You love me. You're with me. You're for me. Look out, world. I'm being unleashed into 2023. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's give it up one more time. Thank you, guys. Fantastic, fantastic. I love that. Taming my tongue. Who feels convicted? Encouraged? I love it. I just want us, while we're in this moment right now, as Pastor Sean was talking, one of the things he talked about was that voice that when we go to start afresh, the voice of disappointment, the voice of past failures, voice of shame, the, the, just the reminder. And sometimes as you know, you can have some friends at this time of year and they're like so excited, everything's going to be amazing. But there's something weighing on your heart and you're just unable, you just feel like oh, I can't get up to get going. So let's just close our eyes right now. If that's you, we're going to pray. I want you just to raise your, both your hands right now. You're like, that, that's me. Oh, I'm struggling to get up and to get going. Father, right now, right now, come into this room, Holy Spirit. We take every thought captive, everything that sets itself against the knowledge of Jesus in our life, we take it captive. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, you would just come and wash away pain. Wash away disappointment. Wash away discouragement. Come right now. There He is. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Rain falling from heaven. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come right now. For those online watching, your hands are raised right now. Receive the power of God. Receive the power of God. Come on, let hope spring up on the inside. Hope that only comes from God. Hope's coming back to you. 
hope's coming back to you. Come on, God can turn things around. He can turn your mourning into joy. He can turn your sorrow into dancing. Not necessarily in a moment, but over a period of time. Come, Spirit of God. Come on, come Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Sean. Great word. Loved it. So encouraging. Tame that tongue. All right, you can grab your seats.